0: I am Sarah-Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, in honor of my five-year wedding anniversary, I am sharing audio from an Instagram Live I did on relationships and marriage. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that my five-year wedding anniversary is today, and I'm just really happy about that. My thorn is we had a really tight schedule this week, so to celebrate, we just kind of were able to book one night at a hotel in our town, but by the time you were listening to this, that's already over, and I'm grieving well ahead of time. And my bud is when I'm recording this, we haven't gone yet to our wedding anniversary celebration, and so I am looking forward to it. We rented a hotel room at a resort in our town, and we'll just be able to eat, read, and spend time together without worrying about anything for a full 24 hours. So pumped. All right, let's dive into today's episode. As a reminder, these live Q&A audios always kind of have weird Instagram Live quirks. You know, I'm like talking to people who are on the chat with me. I'm responding to questions that were sent in prior. So any kind of weird Instagram Live things just overlook them because it is Instagram live. All right. Thank you guys for joining me and I will see you on Monday for the next one. Hello everybody. Welcome to the live. Um, welcome to the replay. If you are not here with me live, it's nice to see you again. I'm enjoying this like going live thing every week. Today we are talking about marriage or just relationships, um, Q&A. It's really out of the celebration of my five-year wedding anniversary coming up. And I have a podcast, like this will go live on the podcast on my anniversary. So I thought it would be fun to do kind of a live Q&A relationship centered. Um, I have some questions that have already been sent in and I'll go through those. But if you are here live, hi, um, feel free to post your questions in the comments and I'll keep up with the comments as well. Um, a lot of people ask questions specific to like how me and my husband kind of do things. And then other people have asked questions like, Enneagram related, how do a six and a two make things work, things like that. So all questions are welcome. You can ask me, you know, why I have the audacity, whatever. Any questions welcome here. It's totally fine. Um, So I will, while I'm waiting on people to post questions or comments in the live chat, I'll go ahead and answer questions that came in ahead of time. So the... (laughs) the first question i have is why <laughs> and i think this person was just trolling me but i thought it would be fun to answer anyway um because i like to stay connected to you all because i think marriage is one of the most complicated things we do as humans and because you know fun um question here thoughts female 2 male 1 pos- possible problems you could see you know i would say the, one of the major differences i imagine between one and two um are going to be the way that you express emotion, you know, ones tend to be a little bit more repressive. So they tend to kind of like push their intense emotions down, especially their anger or their frustration. And that can come out as irritation, which for twos, they're very simply, um, they're very easily kind of triggered by being someone being frustrated with them. It can feel like, why are you frustrated with me like it can hurt you know and take it personally and so um that and then the twos can kind of be emotion forward and that can remind the ones of just how much they don't let their emotions go and so when we were when we close something off for ourselves oftentimes we want other people to close it off for themselves right so if I am kind of not expressing my anger or my emotions, then when you express your emotions, that can feel like you're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be repressing our emotions, pushing our emotions down. Um, so once again, one specifically I tend to do this with anger or even anything that's kind of like inappropriate or, um, Um, so yeah, that's one thing that I can see. Strengths, challenges of a four male and nine female together. Thank you. Well, this is a good one. Um, four male, four, my husband called me in the middle of our call. Okay. Um, so yeah, fours want all of their feelings and thoughts to be heard and validated. I'm going to text my husband while we're here. Um, okay. He said accident. Sorry. Okay. So fours want all of their emotions and thoughts to be validated. Nine struggle with experiencing intense emotion of any kind, positive or negative. And so, um, the, the emotions of others can really overwhelm them and they can kind of check out or even like disassociate. So, um they can kind of zone out or um On the at the like the far end stone wall and this can be really triggering for fours and so fours are going to like push through the conflict and really want to be like let's have this out let's have this conversation you know more conflict forward and the nines are going to kind of push the nines away and they have to find a way to meet in the middle to where the four cannot just because you want your emotions to be heard doesn't mean that you have to have the other person feel them to the same intensity as you like you can express that emotion without it being Felt by the other person in in, in intense degrees. What is happening? My phone is going crazy today. Okay. So, that being said, you can be heard and validated without being um, mirrored, which I think is oftentimes what forwards are looking for is like a mirroring. Like, if you were really hearing me, you would feel what I'm feeling and you would show me that the intensity that I'm experiencing here. Um, But Nines are, you know, they're going to be a little bit averse to that sensation because they want to kind of keep it even keel. And then similarly, the nines are going to struggle to have their voice heard because the four, they're going to feel like the four's needs and thoughts and opinions are so much more big, and therefore they're much more valid. And so the nines have to intentionally start to value their own voice. And in both situations, what you have to do is validate yourself. So fours have to validate their feelings internally so that they don't need another person to validate them. And nines need to honor their voice internally so that the other person doesn't have to give them permission to speak. We are a female five and male two. The twos need for connection and fives need for alone time, often conflict ideas. Yes. I think one of the ways that we work this out in our family, we're not, neither of us are particularly like, we need a lot of alone time. We're individuals. I'm a seven, he's a four. We need a lot of time to ourselves to kind of do our own thing, but we also obviously value our connection. And so the way that we tend to do this is we plan it out. So ahead of time, we say, what time are you going to get alone time this week? What time are we going to make a point to connect to each other? Because these are needs that all relationships have. And typically one partner in a relationship is going to have an easier time. Like twos are going to have an easier time advocating for that time together. Fives are going to have an easier time advocating for time apart. Both are necessary. They're both equally valuable. So just work the puzzle in your week to figure out how you're going to get both. Um, and then for the fives, it's really often about communication. So saying, Hey, I need some time to myself. I'm going to go away. This is when I intend to come back. Um, because oftentimes the fives will just kind of do it and not communicate it. And then the twos left wondering, like, what did I do wrong? Did I hurt them? And then they kind of become pursuing and they try to like, they almost become invasive because they're trying to solve the problem. Which then makes the five feel like I need to retreat. And so, if you guys just plan ahead and communicate, it can help to eliminate a lot of that confusion and that, like, kind of over functioning. I'm a seven married to a nine, strengths and weaknesses. Okay, so um, strengths, you're both going to likely um, make the most of the situation, right? Like, you're gonna just kind of enjoy your life together, I imagine things to keep in mind is you need to make a point to talk about the problems in your relationship, the things that are not working, because you can kind of both rose-colored glasses it um and kind of just, the nine's going to be like, I'm just going to like put the, push this aside not worry about it. But then it's still happening. Like the effects of that are still impacting your marriage, whether you're acknowledging it or talking about it or not. And sevens tend to just be like, oh, I'm moving on to the next thing. Here's the thing though, sevens we know how to make ourselves happy. We know how to like go off and do what we need to do. And we're not always aware of how that impacts people we're in relationship to. And so if we're in a relationship to someone like a nine, who isn't going to speak up and say, Hey, this is impacting me. We have to become more conscious of how, what we're doing impacts people. And the way to do this is to stay in consistent communication about, Hey, what's working how's this feeling, how are we doing? Is there any unspoken resentments that need to be addressed? Because at some point, you're going to find just kind of like an undercurrent of frustration and anger if things are not getting talked about. And it can feel like, why are you having such a big reaction over the cereal bowl this morning? And it's like, well, that's about a lot of other things, right? Because we haven't been talking and we, we've both wanted to just feel good and be happy and like not deal with the conflict. And so, um, but it, it we're being impacted and it's affecting kind of how we feel appreciated or not appreciated or seen or not seen or valued or not valued, whether or not we're talking about it. So again, like making that point to regularly check in about your relationship. We're a female nine and a male two. Any suggestions for resolving conflict? Yeah. You know, I, again, this sounds, I feel bad because I'm saying I'm kind of giving the same advice, but I really think like a weekly meeting is the best thing that we've ever done for our relationship. It's like, What's working for us right now? What's not working for us? You know, how are you feeling, um, in the relationship overall? Is there anything I can do to support you better? And, um, if we're talking about like day to day conflict, like, okay, something happened, maybe we have opposing needs. Um, not both of you guys need to be comfortable spending time alone, owning yourself, knowing yourself, because Twos and nines both have kind of a blindness to their own either desires or their own needs, and so you need to you need to like start seeing separation as a positive thing, as individuating, as a positive thing. Again, I'm not in your relationship. I'm kind of talking at like the average to low levels of health. Like what I imagine, you've never done any personal growth work, kind of stuff at all, right? Like we're in this space, so you you could have you could be at a different place in this, but kind of that average level there's a high propensity for like codependency and merging because you're both um co, you know, f- relate others focus. You're both focused on how other people are receiving you, how other people are experiencing you. And so when you put those two together, it's very easy to merge. Um and so make sure that you find your own identities inside of the relationship and this is important because when conflict arises, you want to be able to do it from a place of like in like um self-ownership of I know what I need, I know what I want. And because I'm confident that I deserve that and I'm worthy of that, I'm not gonna freak out or worry or stress that you're gonna abandon me because I have this need. I can now just trust that you and I can have needs that maybe aren't in perfect alignment and like they're we're both still worthy. Two learning that they're worthy of love and likability even when they have needs. And nine's learning that people aren't going to leave them or, or sever that connection just because they have um, expressed the fullness of who they are. So um, spending some time individuating is a really good way for you to have confidence in that space of conflict so that it becomes, it's less emotional and more just problem solving. Female two and male one communicate better. It's our biggest issue. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think really communication is about regular, regularly integrating it. Um, And then you, I, I mean, this is like maybe elementary to say, but like using eye language saying like, I feel this way because of these things that have happened to me instead of like you always, you never um, kind of pausing and slowing down your communication and saying, I'm feeling, it reminds me of a time that I've felt blank, which feels this way because and what I need is blank and I think for both of you you know twos especially need to work on just asking directly for what they need So what can come out sometimes is like you never wash the dishes and what you're really meaning is tonight I'm really tired and I just wish you would wash the dishes. can you wash the dishes tonight um and then ones you know may, have a sense of like, I know what's right. I know what's best. I have the answers. And so they need to pause and become curious and interested and not just kind of, you know, not judge or have like a sense of like right or wrong. I know you don't know. Um, I'm and like not using these com- communication as like a teaching moment because that's not going to help. Um, Nine and five in relationships, how to not check out as a nine when a five takes a lot of time to themselves without communication. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I would ask for communication. I think that it's okay to say like, can you communicate with me before you take space? Um, I don't think that you need to try to control yourself enough to not have that need, but at the same time, um, when you're in that space of feeling kind of checked out, try to touch back in with the affection you have for that person. Try to remind yourself of why you're there, what you love about them, why you're committed. And, um, you know, to stay in that kind of love space. But, yeah, I think just ask for them to communicate. I think that's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> Katie says your lashes are incredible. Thank you. This room and the lighting in this room makes my lashes look like so they like look so red every time I'm on video here. Um, My husband is a five and this makes sense. I'm a one though. We have to be very intentional. Yeah. I mean, I think marriage just needs intentionality behind it, no matter our type. Um, I'm a two and five in a marriage too. the pursue and retreat was something we had to figure out early in our relationship too. Absolutely. Because it's kind of like you're mirroring the patterns of your childhood, right? Like twos need to know that they're lovable and likable. Fives need to know that people aren't going to invade into their space and their personal energy and take their resources. And those two trigger each other. So it's kind of like a perfect recipe for um, repeating patterns, which is also like this beautiful opportunity to kind of work through our childhood wounds, but it's not always easy, (laughs) sometimes really hard. Um, two and a nine married, we don't fight, which is good and bad tips. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't think we have to, people always say you have to fight. I don't know that you have to fight, but you do have to have conflict. I think you do have to work through conflict. And I think in order to do that, you just need to make time again, I like feel like I'm like beating a dead horse, but you have to make allocate time to it. And I think when you are kind of a conflict avoidant, avoidant types, um, you, put a time limit on it. So say, okay, every week we sit down at this time and we we talk for 30 minutes or maybe we talk for an hour and that way we know there's an end to this. And so maybe it's going to be uncomfortable, but there's a closing time. And so I can breathe through that discomfort for the amount of time available, you know, that we've allocated for this because I'm committed to working on this. Um, strengths and challenges of a one and six together you know I think this one really depends on your subtypes I can imagine a dynamic where the one is very confident in what they think is right and wrong the six doesn't trust themselves and so then they find themselves being kind of overly like kind of loyal to the one in the sense of like what the one thinks is right but then kind of being undercurrent like resentful of we're always doing what you think is best and i have opinions too but then not self-advocating for what you would think those opinions are because you're you kind of trust them more than yourself as well. So, um, in this sense, if that's the case, kind of the six working on finding their, their trust in themselves and their voice and the ones finding their curiosity and their interest in the ideas and the process of the other person. <laughs> this says that's the most accurate description of our marriage ever. Thank you. Right, I'm, I'm glad I think to hear that. Um, I'm so behind on the comments, guys. I'm trying to catch up. Okay, I'm going to answer a question from that came in earlier just to make sure we get to that. Um, It says, how can two nines be better at sharing emotions with each other? Well, we've already kind of answered this. I think you make time for it. You have a weekly meeting. You set a time limit for how that meeting is. Um, or how long that meeting will go. Maybe you set specific parameters around what that meeting looks like. If we get triggered and we get heated, we take space, we take breath, we come back down, we come back together. Um, maybe you have, you know, we talk through these specific questions, like what's working, what's not working, how can I support you better this week? And then we set like a a time limit on it that we agree on. Today's podcast is brought to you by Issue. You created content and now it's time to post it on your website and share to Instagram and send to your contacts. But if posting your creation everywhere includes reformatting, resizing, re-downloading, and re-uploading, you need Issue. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flipbooks and brochures and more. There is no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your creative in an easy to view way on every device. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting. Your content is already optimized for engagement and ready to share. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, that's the one that I use, Dropbox and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, and really anyone who wants to make content that stands out and you can start using issue for free they also offer premium features that give a more customized experience which i highly recommend get started with issue today for free or if you sign up for a premium account you will get 50 percent off when you go to issue.com podcast and use promo code Coffee. That's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code coffee at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code coffee Thank you, Issue, for supporting the podcast and making all of our lives easier. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Um, husband is a workaholic, three and ADHD, and I'm a one who cares about work-life balance tips on how to trust him with work and not feel out of control when he loses track of time and overworks. Yeah. You know, I think this is really hard because when we're living so close to someone else, watching them make choices that maybe we have learned to not make can be really difficult. Um, and i think that the the reality of the situation in my experience and my short 5 years of experience <clears throat> is that we can't make them do what we want them to do right like they're going to do this like they're likely to struggle with this um they may struggle with this forever and we have to just kind of like walk away and i think a good example not walk away from the relationship but just kind of like not watch <laughs> Um, and offer our support and our love and not our judgment. And I think the reason, like when I think about this, an example I think of is how, when my husband cooks, it drives me bananas. Like watching him cook, I want to micromanage. I want to get in. I want to tell him what to do and how he should do it. And then he feels the same way when he watches me cook. When I cook, he's like, why are you cutting it like that? You know, he, he's feeling the same way. He wants to tell me how to do it. What's the best way to do it? How to stay safe. And so we just don't watch each other cook anymore. We like, I step out of the kitchen, he cooks and I am not in the room because I can't control myself enough to like not micromanage and say, and vice versa. And that I say that to say, I think it's the same thing when it comes to like our bad habits. Like there are things that I tend to do that are kind of like always causing me stress and he's watching me do it. And the the thing I need from him as a partner, the most is empathy even though I continue to make these choices, even though maybe like I deserve the stress, um, I need his empathy. I need his support. And um, maybe sometimes like a gentle nudge of like, well, and, and I really truly believe the best way to offer a gentle nudge is through questions that are not starting with a why. So instead of saying like, why are you constantly doing this saying like, well, what do you think you're trying to earn through this? Or like, what is this offering you? How is this making you feel? Um, Instead of like, I know you shouldn't be working so much. Like I know better, you know, which I think we can do to each other so easily. So be supportive, offer validation, offer gentle nudges in the form of curiosity, but then also kind of just like let him be his monkey in his circuses. And then when it comes to the things that actually impact you, right? Because of course, like his workaholism, will impact you just ask for what that is so if he's like um you know coming home at 9 p.m and you're like I had to do everything in the house while you were at work and I'm exhausted just say like hey I really need you to come home by five and can we figure out what nights of the week you're gonna cook dinner and I'm gonna cook dinner the other nights of the week and solve that problem and then if it's like, this is a serious issue that I don't know I can live with and like go to th- ask him to go to therapy, go to therapy together. But um, otherwise, just, you know, be supportive and ask really good, curious questions and then like let his problems be his problems. Um, I always find myself get uninterested on someone I like after two weeks. I'm so scared it will happen when I'm in marriage. Well, you know, um, I don't know your Enneagram type, so I don't know how, like, necessarily where the source of this comes from, but I really do think that this, um, typically happens in our lives because of attachment style. And so I would explore, um, avoidant attachment styles and just kind of see if there's something there. Um, and I will say I was like that as well, and, I am, I, the way that has manifested in marriage is like I'm fully committed to our marriage, but I did have to at some point stop having an escape plan. So like before we got married, I was like always had a way out. I had to close that part of my brain off on purpose. And then when we're in fights, I tend to want to run away and I have to work really hard on staying. So that might be kind of how it manifests for you. But I really think therapy is super helpful for this. And reading up on avoidant attachment styles can be really big support. Um, I've really only dated two people for the same reason, like, and I married both of them. So um, I didn't ever really... Find I just lost interest really fast and I understand that. But it is workable. You can work on it. It's a choice that we get to make to stay committed to somebody and you're fully we're all fully capable of making that choice. Um I'm four wing five, he's one wing nine. Don't always connect emotionally things. Yeah, and I think I think this is a like a merging right like a meeting in the middle situation that probably has to happen um the one needs to start allowing for their imperfect emotions internally so that they can sit with your um, imperfect emotions um and then the four the fours oftentimes need to learn to self-validate so that they're not as reliant on the emotional mirroring of other people. And again, like this is when I say emotional mirroring, oftentimes fours are looking for a matched intensity. So what you think we're saying, like, I want to be validated, but really what you want is like them to be as, as, as emotionally invested as you are, which they may not be ever be really capable of doing, or um, it may not even be healthy for them to do that with you. So um, letting them express empathy and understanding without mirroring that emotion to you. But a good way for them to just start doing this is repeating back to you what they're hearing you say. Um, And you can ask directly for that. Say like, can you repeat back to me what you're hearing me say? Um, That would mean a lot to me because that can be a really good bridge to his empathy or his ability to express or feel empathy Um, because likely he's closed himself off to being kind of what he would deem, not what I would deem, but like emotionally messy so then when your emotions are kind of just out, it can feel like you know, like shut. He can be like, whoa, that's not what we do. Um so there's like a, a meeting in the middle that I think would be helpful. I wish it didn't tell me like I wish I didn't have to scroll through everybody who joins in order to see questions you guys put in. Um, okay, next question is. How about some unique date nights? This person said you two are creative, me and my um, husband. I think we tend to, we tend to make our dates pretty ritualistic and routine-ish. So we try to like fit things into our regular routine. So right now, our current date is like a Saturday morning. We play tennis. We go get coffee and bagels. Um, we try to go to the farmer's market and that's like our date right now. But in the past, our dates have been like, going to see a matinee every week together. Um, Sometimes it's just grabbing lunch in between his classes or between work. So we're pretty actually kind of like ritualistic and routine about it. So I don't know if I have any really cool ones. I think my favorite date that we've been on that's like kind of creative is like just going to a bookstore and each picking a book out for one another and then buying them together and then going to a coffee shop to read them together. I think that was really fun and maybe a fun one. Um next question is um how do you handle finances together do you have any tips So I'm going to tell you how we handle finances together it's kind of complicated so I have a business account so I have like my you know business money and then I pay myself a salary and so then that salary goes into our shared account bank account and then um he his paycheck goes into our shared bank account and then from there, we each get a certain amount of money for spend every week. So we each have like our um, our own individual like spend accounts so that we just kind of have our spend money. We don't judge how each other spends our spend money. Um, if he wants to spend all of his on like a new bike, like that's his choice. Like it's none of my business. Um And so that gives us some like freedom in that. And then we have a shared savings account that's like a high interest savings account. Um, that we put into and then I have like my 401k that I put into Uh so yeah so that's how it is it's kind of complicated but it works for our brains and then um, we're not really good about like meeting and talking about it we like did our budget once we've tried to stick to that budget and then um we just kind of were like our budget's not currently working we need to update it and figure out what's not working and how to fix it so we're kind of fluid about about things like that. So we'll just kind of be like, well, we're spending a lot of money on this right now. Let's work on cutting back from that. I know we're going to probably start saving to buy a house soon. So that'll probably change, um, once we kind of navigate that and figure that out. But for right now, that's how we do it. Um, <clears throat> they said, how do you handle disagreements? Uh, well, Sometimes well and sometimes not well. (laughs) I think is the honest answer. Um, when we handle them well, we stay grounded. We listen to each other's perspectives. We find a middle ground. Um, and like a compromise. When we handle them unwell, we like dig our heels in and kind of think like my way is the right way. You need to completely agree or understand or validate everything I'm feeling, everything I'm saying. And we both kind of do that until we wait for the, one person has to break, you know, but when we do it really well, we stay open, we stay grounded. Um, We take breaks if we get too heated. One thing that we had to learn is like when you're triggered and you're in like fight or flight mode, like you cannot have um a healthy conversation. Like you just can't you can't like be as receptive as you want to be. And so you need to take space. And so we'll go take like a five minute break and just like breathe. And then we'll like, literally I can feel my heart just soften and it's like, okay, we can come back together and we can try again. And, um, it takes longer than you'd like, but it's also totally worth it. Um, yeah. So that's how we do it well and how we don't do it well sometimes. And, um, someone asked, how did we meet? So, um, my husband and I met when I like eight years ago, I was a barista. I had, um, this is a long story about why I was a barista at that time, but I was working in a coffee shop and he was a regular at the coffee shop and he put a poem in the suggestion box for me. And it was like a weird week. I had gotten like a lot of love notes that week. And so he asked my co, we were like me and my coworker were giggling about that. And he had asked her, um, you know, are you guys laughing about like what? And what are you laughing about? You're laughing about like this note. And she was like, she's just getting all kinds of love notes this week. And he, um, came in the next time and was like, I put a poem in the suggestion box for you, but I didn't know it would be like one of millions or whatever, which it was like, you know, maybe four people. And, um, then yeah, that's my side of the story. His side of the story is that he saw me at the coffee shop and told his friend, like, that girl's my sunshine. And then, um, a man came like, up and he was singing he used to sing you are my sunshine to me every day this like guy who was doing construction on the building so he started singing to me and he was like oh she's like (laughs) everybody's sunshine it was just like really romantic I'm trying to not I'm like giggling through it but it's it's really romantic and then there was like a bee in the shop one time we tried to catch together and um (laughs) um and I added it added him on facebook and then uh asked him to go to like a whiskey tasting with me and then the rest was history well actually the rest isn't history i'm going to tell you more <laughs> the i also um we like both then we're like one on one date had the best time we like stayed up all night talking and then i was like hey i'm not really looking for a relationship right now i'm just kind of like Wanting to experience what it's like to date people. And I I just don't want to have like a committed relationship. And he was like, honestly, I'm in the same place. Like I have a kid. I don't know if I can really commit to a relationship right now. And then we didn't really see each other again. I, uh, went to Nicaragua by myself on a trip and I just kept thinking about this guy I went on a date with. I was like, man, I don't do that. Like that's not my personality. I don't tend to miss people. Um, or, you know, like pine over people. And so I was like on this trip and I was like, man, I keep thinking about this guy. And so when I got back and he had DM would me when I was there and was just like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. Um, so when we got back, we went on a date and that date lasted. We we were going to just have dinner and then we had dinner and then went to a bookstore and then we got drinks. And then we just like stayed hanging out for hours hours and hours and hours and hours. And then we just never stopped. Long story long. um, it says, how do you support your spouse equally, although you are different people? Yeah. You know, I think, I think that it's a balance of making sure that you are supporting the other person by not like judging them or having like letting them be their own person. I really think that's it. Like, how do you support each other while you're different people? It's honoring the fact that you are different people. Um, it's owning the fact that like I am me. You are you. Your values and needs are valid. My values and needs are valid. And we should be happy and comfortable as ourselves within this relationship that we're committed to together. I think the the notion that two become one is not helpful, right? Like this idea that like I merge with you when we get married is Erase, it's like someone's gonna get erased in the process, right? Because we, it's like really like, how do we two people stay committed and dedicated to this process of re-understanding each other every single day until we die? I think that's really it. I think it's like, how do I empower you to be your best version of yourself? And through like love and support and, um, witnessing, And vice versa while not erasing you and your wholeness in the process. Um, and I think that that like simplifies things for me. Like it's just like, Oh, well, you're not me. So of course you wouldn't make the decision that I make. (laughs) Um, and I'm not going to make the decision that you would make. And therefore, like, that's healthy and normal and fine. And sometimes your decision is going to be triggering for me. Sometimes my decision is going to be triggering for you. And we get to talk about that and figure out how to work through it together. Um, okay. I'm going to keep looking at questions. Someone says, how is blending a family? I became a stepmom when I got married last year. Yeah. Blending a family is really hard. Um, I was lucky because I got, I met my kiddo when he was barely three. And so he doesn't really remember life without me. Um, I, to him, I'm just like a parent. He calls, he calls me and his dad his parents. He calls his mom his mom. It's like, we're all equally important to him and his experience. Um, navigating my role has been interesting to say the least. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever done It's just navigating where am I overstepping? Where am I understepping? How much? do I get to exist here, you know, and how much do I need to step back? And I think um I typically like know that I belong places. And in this, it took me forever to figure out where I belong and how I belong. Um, there was never my kid's concern, right? Like he would never, well, that was always the easiest part. Um, So yeah, so I think there was a balance of like how, when to step in and be supportive and when do I back out? my tendency is to take over and just get things done. I'm much more like get things done kind of person. Um, and so when things weren't getting done at the speed that I felt like they needed to get done, I would really struggle with that. And typically in the past I would just do it, which causes a lot of resentment on everybody's end. So now I just kind of go, not my monkeys, not my circus. Like that's not my job. I'm letting them to have that job. Um, and everybody's happier because of it. And it's not, um, yeah, I think that's the easiest way to say it. So yes, it's hard. It's complicated. Um, It's going to take some time to figure out. And I think it's doable. And boundaries are really good and healthy. <laughs> um, Okay. Also on the, how do you support your spouse? I think a good way to think about this is like using your strengths to support each other's goals is also helpful. Like my husband, like my husband is ADHD. I've like time management is like my area of expertise. Like that's what I know the best of anything in the world is like how to get more done in less time. So, um, and like pairing that with the Enneagram, like that's like what I, I could, I breathe it. I know it so well. Um, so I can use that to help him to do the things that he wants to do. And his gift is really like going with the present moment, feeling his feelings in real time, like not, not like, um, wishing that he was in a different situation or, you know, he can really make the most of any situation he's in. And he helps me to do that. Cause I think I can change every situation I am to make it what I want it to be. Um, and he kind of is more accepting of the reality and he helps me to be more accepting of reality. Um, and what other questions you guys do we have? And you're welcome to drop questions. in if you've just joined or you haven't joined before, we're kind of talking Wedding questions or, I mean, marriage questions or relationship questions in general. Um Someone says, do you find that spouses within the same harmonic groups are better in disagreements? I think that they are. So if you don't know, the harmonic groups are kind of like the idealists, um, that sort of thing. So like you have kind of like three groups. And I would say that they're not necessarily better in disagreements. I think they probably disagree in the same way. So like for example, twos and nines being calm, con- like not having fights, that isn't necessarily always better, but I think it is probably they're more naturally going to respond in the same way. Um yeah. So if I think about like my husband and I both being like I we're both idealists, idealistic types. We struggle with frustration. We both like in a way that's really beautiful for our relationship because we always think things can get better. We can always improve and we can always um, see how things could be improved and how things could be better. So we live this really magical life together and we don't settle, you know, but at the same time, that doesn't always serve us as a team, right? We have two people who are like, we can like do the most. And sometimes you need one person who's like, well, have you thought this through? Um, is that really the right timing right now? You know, kind of pulling us back down to earth and we have to like work against ourselves a little bit to pull ourselves back down to earth together. If that makes sense. So I think I wouldn't necessarily say one is better than the other. I think you're going to have, everybody's going to have difficulties with conflict, no matter if you're in the same harmonic group or not. Uh, questions that have come in before. A two and a six, how do we find each other? You know, I think that the, ba- the major, you guys have a lot in common, actually. Twos and sixes both tend to over-sacrifice for other people. They both tend to put the needs of others above their own. The big difference here is that twos are going to be in the emotional center and sixes are going to be in the head center, which means twos are going to be a little bit more emotion forward and sixes are going to be a little more anxiety forward. And so um meeting each other in that place is where you're going to have to like this two is going to have to tap into um, their head center and like kind of move toward them intellectually. And I think a way to do this is to say, like, this is what I know about you. Here's what I've learned about you. And then for sixes, moving toward twos, they're gonna have to say, this is what I feel about you, this is how you make me feel. Um, kind of moving into those two to that different center to, to meet each other where you are. Um, okay, we have a three-wing four. Someone said, I'm I'm a three-wing four, or one of them is a three-wing four, the other one's a four-wing three, and you'd think they'd be really similar, but they're actually really different. Why? I think this goes down to emotional, emotional response. So threes tend to postpone their emotions, put their emotions to the side and they're like, I'll, I'll deal with those later. And they tend to ignore their emotions. And then in order to, in the process of ignoring their emotions, they're ignoring their desires and, and even getting to know themselves. So then they become like who they are is kind of determined by who they're surrounding themselves with. And so their identity is being determined by their surroundings and what the surroundings would deem successful or worthy. And then the four is self-referencing. So they're like, what do I want? How do I feel? What's going on with me? And their emotion forward. Their emotions are kind of worn on their sleeves. They kind of want other people to feel their emotions. They want to feel their emotions to the fullest extent. And so um there actually is a lot of of differentiation between the two in that regard, even though maybe you're flavored by each other, um, you are, you're still going to be like very different in your expression. Well, friends, anybody here on the live who still has questions, if so, um, drop them in the comments. Otherwise we'll, um, go ahead and wrap up for today. All right. And I'll save this, um, as a, uh, IG video here and then I will also again this will go up um as audio on the podcast next Friday so thank you guys so much for joining me and someone who asked about like ch- parenting in the Enneagram being the next live Um, I will say I did like a really in-depth parenting series on the podcast so if you are still here or you're watching this you should dm me because I went I did like an episode for every single type on parenting and they did it types on children like really in-depth series on parenting um, within the podcast. So I think that that would be well worth the listen if that's interesting to you. But thank you guys so much for joining and I will see you next time. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death